It's Tuesday, July 2nd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're diving into the latest drama at the U.S. southern border with Mexico. We'll connect the dots on what members of Congress are saying about conditions at migrant detention facilities and what's actually being done to fix things. Then, Hong Kong is cleaning up after a group of protesters took over the city's legislative chambers. We'll check in on the movement there and what to expect next. And finally, the U.S. took on England in the Women's World Cup semifinals. But in women's soccer, scoring goals is only half the battle. We're here to make your Tuesday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. The most complicated story we're looking at today is about the southern border with Mexico. More than a dozen members of Congress took a field trip to Texas yesterday to tour two border facilities where migrants are being held. When the lawmakers got there, they weren't exactly welcomed. Here's Texas Representative Joaquin Castro getting drowned out by protesters. We saw that the system is still broken and that people's human rights are still being abused. We remain very concerned about the conditions in which people are being kept. There's a lot going on at the border right now. So we're going to get into why the lawmakers were down there in the first place, what they say they saw in the facilities and the government's response, and what's being done to fix the situation. First, let's go back to last week. That's when reports surfaced that a few lawyers had visited migrant facilities at the border and were horrified by the conditions they found. One particular facility in Clint, Texas, where unaccompanied children were being held, got a lot of attention. It was overcrowded. The children weren't bathed. They were underfed, and they were caring for younger kids they didn't know. And a lot of people on the outside weren't okay with it. The Trump administration denied that the facilities were as bad as the report said. Last week, Customs and Border Protection even allowed journalists inside the Clint facility, but no cameras were allowed. Then, a number of Democratic presidential candidates tried to visit a different children's facility in Florida, but they weren't allowed in to tour it. So the Congressional Hispanic Caucus decided to plan a trip to Clint, which had made those original headlines. They wanted lawmakers to see the conditions there with their own eyes. The facilities were given a few days' notice, and some migrants reportedly said conditions had gotten better in that time. But the lawmakers said things were still bad there. What we saw today was unconscionable. That was New York Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She says she was able to speak to some of the women being held at the facility, and that one of them described psychological warfare within that facility. According to the lawmakers, women said they had to sleep in sleeping bags on concrete floor, and that they were held in rooms without running water and were told to drink out of the toilet. Customs and Border Protection officials have pushed back against some of these reports. The agency's deputy commissioner, Robert Perez, said on CNN this morning that they take allegations of misconduct really seriously and have investigated to be sure their facilities are meeting certain standards. I myself have visited many of these facilities where we're getting overly saturated and have been for the better part of over a year. And I'm very confident that we are meeting and in fact, uh, most of the time, exceeding these standards. The lawmaker's visit to the border happened just a few days after Congress passed a $4.6 billion funding bill that's supposed to help government agencies cope with the surge of migrants at the border. 
Last night, President Trump signed and praised the bipartisan bill. This is a humane solution to a tremendous problem that's caused because we have bad immigration laws and we can solve that problem very, very quickly if we could get together with the Democrats. The bill gives about $280 million to Immigration and Customs Enforcement and more than a billion dollars to Customs and Border Protection. Most of the Democrats who visited the facilities yesterday hadn't voted for the bill because they said it didn't have enough oversight and that it didn't include enough standards for how migrants should be treated at border facilities like the one in Clint, Texas. So what's the skim? There has been intense scrutiny of how U.S. government agencies have treated the influx of migrants crossing the southern border, and it's getting more attention from 2020 candidates. Today, one of those candidates, Senator Cory Booker, announced that, if elected, he'd take executive action to shut down detention centers where conditions are reportedly bad. And there have been protests across the country today, calling for the detention centers holding children to be closed. On top of the claims about what's going on inside these facilities, Border Patrol is also drawing criticism over its workplace culture. Yesterday, ProPublica published a report showing that former and current employees shared insensitive posts in a secret Facebook group. The post made jokes about migrant deaths, Hispanic lawmakers, and more, including those who met with Border Patrol officials face-to-face during yesterday's tour. Now, the Department of Homeland Security, which runs Customs and Border Protection, says it's launching an internal investigation into the group. While U.S. lawmakers and protesters are taking on conditions at the southern border, protesters in Hong Kong are fighting against another border. That's next. Hiring people isn't as simple as putting an ad in the paper or posting to a job board. That's where LinkedIn comes in. LinkedIn does the legwork to match you to the most qualified candidates so you can focus on hiring the person who will transform your business. To get $50 off your first job post, go to linkedin.com skimthis. Again, that's linkedin.com slash skim this to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. This morning, cleanup crews swept up broken glass and scrubbed off graffiti from the walls of the Legislative Council in Hong Kong. It was a relatively calm morning after a night of violent riots in which protesters stormed Hong Kong's main governing body and occupied it for hours. So let's back up. What actually happened yesterday? Last night's protests were the latest in a series of protests that have been going on for weeks. It all started with a bill that was proposed in the legislature that would allow Hong Kong to extradite people, meaning send them out of Hong Kong, if they are wanted for crimes in other places, like mainland China. Here's the thing. Technically, Hong Kong is a part of China, but that hasn't always been the case. It's a territory that was loaned to the UK for more than a century, and it was only returned to China in 1997. Since then, Hong Kong has been semi-autonomous, meaning they get to make some of their own rules, and they're able to keep some of the freedoms they had when the UK was in charge, like freedom of the press and freedom of speech. Unlike mainland China, which has a history of prosecuting political dissidents. And even though Hong Kong can kind of do its own thing, Beijing's hand-selected some of the leaders in Hong Kong's government. So if that extradition bill had gone through, protesters argued that it would have put a lot of people in Hong Kong behind bars in China. The government eventually withdrew the bill, but the tensions haven't gone away. 
Yesterday was the anniversary of the day the region was returned to China, in 1997. And it's traditionally marked by protests. But this year, lingering tensions over that extradition bill brought even more people out into the streets. For the most part, the protests were peaceful, with the vast majority, hundreds of thousands of people, out marching. But a small group split off, and they're the ones who broke into the legislature using metal bars and DIY battering rams. They smashed glass walls and spray-painted slogans in the legislature's inner chamber. And they draped Hong Kong's old flag, the one used when Hong Kong was under UK rule, across the main podium. Police used tear gas to break up the crowds. So what does this tell us about the future of the movement? For weeks, demonstrators have been adamant about taking the high road. Even when police used rubber bullets and pepper spray, protesters have never verged on violence. Until now. This spat of violence represents a huge shift in the tone of these protests and a really big challenge for a protest movement without any clear leadership. Up until this point, they've been coordinating on encrypted messaging apps to crowdsource their plans. But now, it's clear there is disagreement about what the next move is. Experts say the violence, even though it's being perpetrated by a smaller division of demonstrators, could make it harder to negotiate with the pro-China government and that it might give Beijing an excuse to step in. Already, leadership in Hong Kong and Beijing are calling for arrests. This afternoon, the U.S. and England faced off in the Women's World Cup semifinals. It was a nail-biter, but the Americans came away with the W, 2-1. Now, the defending champs will go on to the finals this Sunday. One thing to know about the women's finals is that it's scheduled on the same day as not one, but two different major men's tournaments. It's a point of contention for the players because it means that the women will not only be competing on the field, but they may also be competing for the world's attention. And that's not the only issue. Lots of women on the field have also been vocal about FIFA's pay gap between the men's and women's teams. The organization has $30 million in prize money waiting for the winners of Sunday's match. Sounds like a lot, but the players only take home a small portion of that. And FIFA's budgeted more than 10 times that amount for the men's teams. Their prize pool in last year's Men's World Cup was $400 million. Yeah. For more on the U.S. women's soccer team and this year's World Cup, make sure to download the Skim app. We've got a whole audio deep dive about equal pay for women in sports. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from the skies over South America. Well, parts of it. There was a total solar eclipse today. That's when the moon completely covers the sun. You were only able to see it if you happened to be in certain areas of Argentina or Chile, or remote areas out in the South Pacific. So yeah, slim pickings. Some call seeing a solar eclipse the celestial event of a lifetime. But if you missed this one and the online replays just don't do it for you, don't worry. NASA has you covered if you want to factor in the next eclipse into your future vacay plans. They've got the schedule and viewing locations for every solar eclipse through the year 2050. 
And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening and make sure you subscribe and leave a review. For more Skim, you can check out our premium content by downloading our app or get our free morning newsletter by subscribing at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.